coming up next on Glow in the Dark. I don't think we should require folks to love their body or their face. And I think it's really important for us to learn to sit with emotions and look at all of them as teachers. We are allowed to sit at the feet of and receive information absolutely about how we feel yeah hey hey welcome to glow in the dark a well-being podcast for embracing both our lights and our shadows i'm tracy and i've had the honor of experiencing 20 years of beautiful friendship with my co-host girdly what's up y'all what tracy said is accurate our friendship works mainly because we have an insatiable appetite for convos that are curious illuminating and spicy mm-hmm. the kind that unpacks the deeper messages within this human experience we're hella grateful you're here On this episode, we are unpacking our ever-shifting body and beauty standards. And standards is heavy on the quotation marks. This convo is brimming with curiosity, illumination, and spiciness. We are talking about being bullied into loving our bodies, pinpointing where the hell our obsession with appearance even came from, and so much more. Let's get to it. Hello, dear burger. Hey, bubble. Hello, dear listeners. Happy pod day. Happy, happy, happy. Big love to all of you. And an extra chunk of love has been reserved for your ears and your eyes specifically because however you're choosing to consume this podcast episode, we appreciate it. Absolutely. And I'm just got to say, Burger, I want to jump straight to it because we have quite the spread. So I hope everyone has an appetite for what's on the table and is also able to digest swiftly because we are in a new studio. Transparently, we have an hour booked. I don't know why the hell I felt like that could only that could fit in the conversation we're about to lay out but let's see if we could squeeze it into 60 minutes and the only way to do that is to start here taking the wheels of our life Mm -hmm. berg and pedaling backwards let's see if we can revisit Mm. the first time we realized our appearance impacted our ranking Mm -hmm. in the world my dear girdly do you know what it hit your heart your head and he was like oh snap this beauty thing is a measuring tool absolutely when was it it was clear as day it was in fourth grade it was raining outside yeah and i remember i asked my sister to give me braids Mm -hmm. at the time and i grew up in a predominantly white community for the first portion of my life. So I was like the only black girl in my class. And I remember the first day that I came to school in a hairstyle that was significantly longer than like what my peers had saw me in. And I had like these long braids. They weren't even done. The front part of my hair was still braided in my na- my natural hair. And the back part, which is what we got to that day, was braided because mm-hmm. that's what my sister was able to accomplish. And I remember... How nice everybody treated me. And people literally kept saying, I like you better like this. Like, I remember those words. I know what they meant. Yeah. But the words, I like you better like this. Mm -hmm. They were running their fingers through my hair. And I know that that was never an option to do before because I always had like cornrows. Right. So it's like the fact that they could interact with me in a way that they were used to being affectionate with each other felt like... I don't know what kind of gratification or accessibility that that gave them to my body, but it made me more likable to them. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, (laughs) people are really treating me better because they think I have longer hair. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Even though I clearly don't because the front of my They're like, oh my gosh, we love you, Rapunzel. We've been waiting for you to become a real person. Let down your hair so we can climb and have access to your body. And it was, (laughs) Um, But I remember that I just significantly remember in the world opening up to me in a way that felt way more affectionate, kinder and um, complimentary. Yeah. And you know, what's such a damn shame, girly. Mm. I knew I would bet every strand on my hair that has been both short and long that the subject would be our main. I knew, of course, that's where our scalp was going to be. That's front and center. Put the spotlight. 
that is where all the beauty resides. That's why I literally want to shoot people with a bow and arrow when they say, <laughs> a bow and arrow, bro, because I need you to feel my rage. Okay. Well, I don't believe in gun use. <laughs> there we go. Right. But I get so mad at people when they're like, it's just hair. I'm like, do you know? <laughs> Do they you do understand the terrorism that we have been experiencing since day one over something as simple as just hair? Yeah. We know it's just hair, but for y'all, it's different. And we know that because our lives have literally been shaped, manipulated, and like mm-hmm. molded, <laughs> placed in hierarchical order yep. just because of hair. So don't tell us it's just hair. Right. Y'all need to know it's just hair because you guys have been shifting our lives. Who is us stuff. to you? People with textured hair. <laughs> You decide what that is. You decide who you are. (laughs) Because I'm not going to define anybody in 2022. (laughs) If you felt any guilt at all, if you felt prompted to apologize, it's cool. We accept it all. We accept it all. Um, But yeah, I'm on the same page, same paragraph, same line as you, Berg. Mm -hmm. It definitely has to do with my hair. I can't recall the exact instance, but I definitely can weave an entire montage. Word around feeling like, oh, snap, okay, I know how to find the express route to likability. Mm-hmm. And it's right on top That's of my, my head. head. That's it. And I remember, let's just say I was in fourth grade, Berg. Let's just mirror each other really quickly. I definitely was called a bear for a while. And that was such a hard thing for me to say in my adulthood. It's really wild how much like I kept that to myself. But when I was younger, I had probably any mother's dream. You know, if you're... If your dream is to have a daughter, you know, a lot of hair to play with. Yeah. And I have very long, thick hair. I never was taught from my family that this was a ruler of beauty. My mom was never like, oh, my gosh, your hair. Like, she didn't compliment me on my hair. If it was done, she was like, oh, look it. A full 24 hours has gone by and Tracy has not matted up her hair. Kiddo, good job. (laughs) But there was never, like, very heavy compliments that were just, like, dripping down my hair. Until going to school, I realized, hold on. Something's not right here because these boys that I end up fighting, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, that's why they call me a bear. But I always knew what the solution was. Mm. A relaxer. A relaxer. I knew that anytime. Mm. Relax all that primitive nature. Yes. Yeah. I was like, yo, I could drop the white creamy crack bomb on y'all. Word, and y'all gonna die. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and y'all all gonna be on my hot pink dick. Anyways, and so that's what I did. <laughs> I pegged my mom for a relaxer and it's so crazy because she gifted it to me. Mm. It was a birthday gift Mm. and I walked into school and I already knew I had it. Period. And the same exact sentiments that you received, like, ah, blah, 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 blah. That is exactly what I received. But in addition was male gratification, Mm -hmm. which was probably the first poison I've ever swallowed. Mm. <laughs> so delicious. <laughs> okay. So delicious at that time. Delectable. Woo! I had to wean myself off of it. At that time? Uh, I know, right? <laughs> oh, about well, right aren't, now. Aren't aren't you evolved? Yeah. <laughs> Lots of withdrawals. Word, word, word. But also, I remember going to, um, you know this, but for any listeners who aren't aware, I went to an all-girls high school that was 98% white. And relaxed hair wasn't enough for that. (laughs) (laughs) They still knew something else was up. (laughs) And so when my mom would braid my hair in certain styles and then, you know, like a braid out. Mm. And then I would have like a nice, I guess, like beach Barbie wave. Oh, they were all up on me. And I noticed that, you know, the pretty crowd, because my pretty was now akin to theirs, there was some form of like freshman assimilation, they would speak to me more. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, I get it. I get it. But it's always been about hair. Hair. Yep. It has always been about Mm -hmm. hair. Mm -hmm. Even, oh my gosh, a memory that just came up now. Oh my, this was trying to scurry off from my subconscious, but I pulled it by the tail. (laughs) Wow. My very first fight. Had to do with my hair. hair. My very first fight. Mm. But here's the thing. I never wanted to be ranked high. Mm -hmm. This is going back to second grade. Mm -hmm. Second grade. When I have, again, my mom, she sees my hair. She's like, oh my gosh, I'm about to do every single braid in the book on this young girl's hair. So she's just having fun with it. 
I did not know from my family household that hair was a symbol of beauty, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when I went to school, I remember there being a bunch of girls that were just like snickering. And these are older. This is like seventh graders. Mm -hmm. And you were like a fourth grader. (laughs) I'm in second grade. Oh, I'm in second grade. And then there was a girl who one day came to me and she was like, you think you're so cute. My boyfriend keeps looking at you. You think you're so cute. And she was starting to put freaking scissors to my hair. Mm. And so I begged my mom Mm. to then put my hair in buns. Mm. So imagine (laughs) a black girl who's not a biracial girl. Mm -hmm. Okay. With long, thick hair. And your favorite style is a bun. Mm. Because I felt so uncomfortable with that ranking because I realized that it made the majority of the room shift into the dark side. Mm. And I didn't look at it as like, well, I'm better than you. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, this is a scarlet letter. Mm. I don't want attention Mm -hmm. because my attention feels like it's pulling away from the value of someone else who looks more like me. Minus the length of our hair, but we right. have so many other features in common. Right. But this is the one that society rewards the most. Yes. And I happen to have access to it. This is everybody off. And at that age, really, kids just want to fit in. Yeah. You just want to be liked. Yeah. That's it. And if there's something that's keeping you from being liked, well, get rid of the shit. <laughs> I'm not here to be unique. Right. <laughs> right. Fuck out of here. And I want to have friends. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I don't want to be the one that stands out in line. That's exactly. so interesting. Also, mm-hmm. just in terms of that shift in beauty, how yeah. initially it was assimilation. Mm-hmm. How can I look as much like the majority as possible. Right. And so in the case for me in my first school when I was in second grade, I went to a majority black school, 98% black. And Mm -hmm. I had longer hair than the one white girl in school. When did you start going to majority black school? This is second grade. I was there for two years and then I was like, it's going to be over for me. Okay, got it. And then you shifted to a white school. (laughs) Then I went to a half and half type of situation. And then my high school was when it was 98% white. Oh, mine was the reverse. Got it. Okay. It was, was around black people when I got older. And that's when I started learning about the other beauty standards. Ooh. That's when I was like, oh, it's actually really important to be fly. Mm. It's important to have shape. Mm. <laughs> okay. So then before we get into yeah. actual beauty standards, then yeah. for you personally, yeah. what is the definition of beauty? Now? Yeah. Right now, yeah. to me, beauty is anything that is well done. Mm. Beauty is anything that looks vibrant healthy, symmetrical. Yeah. Like beauty is very simple. Beauty is well done. Beauty is something that looks pure Mm -hmm. as if it was like just made with light. Something that just beams with light and life. Mm, Something that beams with light and life. Yeah. That's beautiful. I feel that. I think for myself, beauty is anything that triggers your senses in a pleasant way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That allows you to enter a state of awe. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes someone maybe isn't physically beautiful, but a smell, the right cologne can reel me the fuck in. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, an attitude, a presence, an energy, a je ne sais quoi. That can reel me in. And I'm like, whoa, I find you attractive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think. That is also a collection of so many different cultures, your environments, just different ideologies, your memories contribute to if you find something beautiful. Yeah, it definitely has become a verb over time. Mm -hmm. It's not just something. What do you mean? Like beauty is an experience. Mm-hmm. It's an effect. Mm-hmm. It has an actual function. Yeah, you know, like it. It's transformative. If it if it, it can, if it can shift your energy from something to a higher state. Yeah, as opposed to just being something that was very static. Yeah, you know, it has life. It yeah, has flow. yeah. It can also ebb and flow. There's mm-hmm. different trends mm-hmm. that impact like our preferences mm-hmm. around beauty, and mm-hmm. so. Even when we were younger, there was a certain look like um, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And kind of like that white boy next door was very in. And I'm making this an archetype. If anyone looks like that right now, I'm not trying to say <laughs> that you're ugly. Your, your time is over, kid. <laughs> not saying your beauty is expired. Wrap it up. <laughs> but it's just interesting, like depending on 
what group of people are in charge of the repetition of images yeah that's going to seep into our subconscious and mm-hmm. we're going to say that's beautiful yeah where i'm at right now because i'm thinking about how social media has influenced my relationship with beauty both inwardly and externally and i got to say one shout out to all of the beauty youtube gurus because they show me how much you can play mm-hmm. and Sometimes we get into conversations very surface level that are like, okay, well, if you're using all of this makeup, that's not really you. Mm -hmm. Be your authentic self. But the thing is, is as a human, our abilities to shape shift is our very unique privilege. Yeah. You know, to be able to turn down the dial or like bump it all the way up to, you know, the limits of heaven. You can do whatever you want. And I think all those versions of yourself are authentic. Exactly. And I think for us to even assume that our version of authenticity is something that does not mirror society in itself is a fallacy. Your authentic self is somehow going to be represented by the society the that masses. you live in. You yeah. are influenced. Nobody is, nobody's an island. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like Nobody's above influence. So yeah. to say that if my authentic self today says that I want to wear knotless braids because it's been a trend for the past three years, how is that not my authentic self? Mm-hmm. If I'm responding to the culture that I live in, mm-hmm. that I am part of. Right. You know, so is it any less authentic than me wearing my right. natural 4C fro? Yeah. How? You can't escape community like that. You can't escape community. And we have to really unpack or at least widen our definition of what authenticity is. Mm. Um, If it's coming from a genuine place and if you feel like it's a genuine representation of who you are, which I believe we are ready for that conversation in society just with the way we're setting aside pronouns and we're just giving people the space to say, actually, no, I'm I'm this now. And we're like, yes, you are. Right. So <laughs> what's what space are what's we wrong in? with that? Yeah. Right. I guess you are. All right. Well, thank you for educating me. And that's that's how we're going to move moving right. forward. So, um, yeah, we just really need to widen our definition of what authenticity is. If this is who you feel that you are in the moment, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that you are, but I'm definitely not going to say that you aren't. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I think for me, <sighs> beauty is only problematic when it is about pleasing another person before yourself. What if it's happening or simultaneously? Or without yourself, your input okay. at all. I was about to say, what if it's happening simultaneously? Oh, if it's happening simultaneously, I think that's grand. Is it possible for them to even be separate? Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean by separate? Let me just make be clear. I think about self-love mm-hmm. and the whatever, the the things that people are doing with their bodies, with their appearance, you know, yeah. in the name of self-love, I'm losing this weight or I'm going to get this work done. Yeah. Or I'm going to do this. I'm going to get, I'm going to do this with my, my look. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm doing it for myself. It's going to make me feel better. Mm-hmm. And in turn, part of the reason why it's going to make me feel better is because society is going to lean to me differently. Mm. Society is going to treat me differently. Mm. That is also part of my self-love. Just like how if you're going to improve your credit, all of a sudden now credit cards are doing nicer things for you, giving you right. rewards. That's part of self-love, improving yeah. your credit so that you can get access to these new rewards that happen when you upgrade your rank. Right. Right. And that's also what's happening with a lot of the decisions that are happening within the self-love movement. Yes, people want to feel better about themselves, but part of that practice is also the way that society responds to you mm-hmm. when you create your look to, unfortunately, sometimes lean closer to what our you know, quote unquote standard of, is of beauty right, is, of the right. time. Yeah. So it's like, sometimes it's really hard for me to, the whole chicken and the egg thing. I'm like, is it for yourself? Is it for other people? Is it's, it's, it's all kind of baked into it because yeah. your experience of yourself, unless you live in a, unless you live on an Island, right. It's, it involves it, others. It involves other people. You yeah. can love yourself all the live long day, but if people are treating you like shit, yeah. you know what I'm saying? That is, you can still love yourself, but that is not enough to stop the pain of social rejection. Mm. They are literally baked into the two. Yeah. And it's like, so that's why this whole conversation around like, well, who are you doing it for? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I just want to feel better about myself. Yeah. And it just so happens that when I do do these things, society treats me nicer. Well, it- you know me, like my compass is always on like... Is it some is something excessive? 
So to me, if your livelihood is excessively contingent on rewards, on the sprinkles, you know, on the bonus, then I think you're always going to be left at a deficit. For sure. For sure. You know what I mean? For sure. And we see that with the way that social media has been crafted. Mm-hmm. However, I think what is combating this right now and makes me so proud, grateful, my gratitude runneth over to be a human in 2022, is I've never seen so many options yeah. when it comes to beauty. My goodness. Like to me, it's not about having a new beauty standard. It is about no beauty standards. Mm. Like Cardi B should not be a beauty standard as much as Michelle Obama should not be a beauty standard. Mm -hmm. And I love both of those women. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say, oh, we can't admire them. They shouldn't be, you know, on our vision boards as a symbol of, of inspiration. No, they just should not be a standard because you don't know the story behind anyone's standard. Yeah. You feel me? Like, okay, for... Anyone listening who is a big This Is Us fan. Mm-hmm. Toby and Kate. Quick synopsis. They had a humongous fight. This is a married couple who are about to get divorced. So sorry. This is like, I'm spreading spoiler alerts all over this podcast, but it's about to end. But okay? they were foreshadowing it for like all seasons. Yeah. Now, and so. this is the last season. So whatever. Right. Anyways. So Toby and Kate, they would say that they were both overweight individuals. Mm-hmm. Kate felt like her husband, Toby, was acting very different when he started losing weight, mm-hmm. right? One line that I was like, woof, there it is. He ended up telling his wife, Kate, what you fell in love with was a coping mechanism. <laughs> so that's what I mean by you don't know the story behind standards. Exactly. He met her standards. Also thinking about, oh my oh. goodness, this young woman, Chelsea Christ. This is a former Miss USA Mm. who committed suicide like five miles from where we are recording our podcast today. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Someone I interviewed on Sway in the Morning. Damn. Miss USA. Damn. The symbol of beauty. Right. Who would have guessed besides her mother, her beautiful mother, grieving mother, that she was a high functioning, depressed woman? You know what I mean? Mm. So that's why I'm like, there should be no standards. You can have your preferences, of course. And I think our preferences should be questioned. There's definitely been a number of things I found attractive where with time, I was like, wait a minute, why is this sexy to me? And I've changed my mind. Right. You know, Um, even when I saw someone talking about this on social with um, the language of, oh, I'm going natural. And it's like, you're not going natural. You're returning to Mm. natural. And even on the subject of natural too, like, I don't feel like we should be making even like natural bodies a standard. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because I'm just not trying to live in a world where anyone feels shame for their decisions. Yeah. So even when sometimes when I see hashtags that say built, not bought, and I get that sentiment on a personal level, I feel it. Me too. Because I'm at the gym going hard. Straight up. But I do my best and I may slip, but my intention is when I am in a public space where anyone can be viewing my words and in public space, I'm talking about Instagram to be specific as an example, I could be triggering someone because I'm waving a flag, a team flag. I know. Saying, yo, if you are not a part of this ideology, get lost. You're lesser than. You know what I mean? So we have to be very careful with being sure we don't make equality sameness. Speak a little bit more on that with equality and sameness. So now that we're in a space where we see a lot of empowered women as they should be saying, listen, like thinking of a, a Coyle Ray who feels very liberated within her body as she should, mm-hmm. right? And her body as an archetype is very different from other bodies. And so folks can rally behind that and say, yes, this is the symbol of equality. And if you're not moving like Coyle Ray, if we can, if we suspect any form of augmentation to your body, you're not a part of this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's also why there's been cracks in like the feminist movement in the past. For sure. Because a lot of times when you're operating from trauma, you start moving very black and white. Mm-hmm. If I'm the victim, 
someone else has to be the perpetrator, mm-hmm. has to be the enemy. And that's very binary. Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean by like, okay, we cannot have standards because standards represent sameness yeah. to me, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And also shout out to Brianna, who's the CEO of um, Spike Spin, because I love her mission statement, which is insult the standard. Mm. That's what it is. Mm. You choose your own standard, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But it does get tricky because at the end of the day, we are in a society and then there are certain trends that influence us because, again, we see them on repetition. Right. And we were saying, oh, that was good. You know, like beards. Yeah. Maybe a couple decades ago, like a Will Smith, very smooth face was it. Right. (laughs) And again, not to say that Will Smith is unattractive, but I'm talking about when an individual kicks off a trend. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm talking about zeitgeist now, you know? Mm -hmm. And even like we think about that, I mean, it's a plethora of them when it comes to being a woman. And on social media, going back to like the beauty gurus, I love that someone who is known for painting on all this makeup is also the first person I see completely barefaced. Yeah. And it's also, I'm happy that we're moving to a place where that's not a courageous act. Mm. And I can accept that you are you without makeup and you are you with, with makeup. makeup. Yeah. And the version of Tracy that hits a particular angle when she's at the gym, that's still as much as Tracy that wakes up and looks at herself in the mirror with some terrible posture, yawns and says, good morning, world. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Somehow there is space for me to be all of those women in one. I wonder with going back to the thought about the standard and getting rid of it, and I agree with that sentiment wholeheartedly. I wonder about the practicality of it being that we live in a society that's obsessed with hierarchy and it's almost human nature to create hierarchy for order. And anytime that you're going to create order, something has to be the standard so you can know what's substandard. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, yeah. just, it's just a form of control. Like if you were a mom with 18 kids in this crib, whether you believe in hierarchy or not, you're going to create some kind of hierarchy just to order, mm-hmm. just to keep these kids from going crazy. Mm-hmm. And um, granted, as as you know, human beings and particularly Americans— with our tragic history, we've wilded out. <laughs> so tragic. We've fucking wilded out when we get with with this stuff, yeah. um, with hierarchical order. But I wonder, how do you navigate the conversation of a standard? How do you get rid of the need for a standard? How do you pretend that one doesn't exist? How do you pretend that one is not given more priority or accommodation over the other mm-hmm. when we literally are hierarchical human beings? It almost feels like when we talk about this stuff, which I love, I love where we are right now. Um, I love... I love what I love the energy that's coming in with Gen Z and that's being reinforced with millennials. I love all of it. Yeah. Um, it's incredibly accommodating and it's all about holding space for every single person. And while I think that that is a very important place for us to be moving conversationally, mm-hmm. is it practical? Is what we are plotting on social media actually what's happening in the streets of Brooklyn? Mm. Are we really really living that life? Are we putting it into practice? Because Mm -hmm. if not, what we're doing is we're creating a facade and we're selling a dream that I think dreams are important. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. art is important. I think having positive visuals are important. Mm -hmm. However, are they equipping people with the tools of emotional resiliency to actually deal with the harsh realities of life? Right. Which are the fact that people be people in and people do what they do and they treat people the way that they treat people and they create hierarchy and they decide who their favorites are and they give people who are in proximity to their favorites mm-hmm. certain access to certain things mm. and others not. And that is something that has mm. been happening before social media, after social media, and until we literally, I don't know what it's going to take, but it's going to take more than social media. It's going to take more than some posts. Yeah. So I really wonder, I love it. I love where we are, but I am also looking at the holes. I'm also looking at the fact that these are pictures. Well, there will always be holes. Yeah. Like this human experience is not meant to be a utopia. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's meant to involve challenges. It's meant to involve questioning. It's meant to involve creation, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel you on that. Some examples of that, um, of some of that progress, Lush. Mm-hmm. You know the brand Lush, the beauty brand Lush? Uh, they make think- those bath bombs. Okay. They make all like cool like skincare shit. Okay. They bowed out from social media, from mm-hmm. Instagram. They pieced 
out mm. because their mission statement involves um, non-cruelty. Mm. And they said, well, <laughs> Instagram <laughs> I love it. <laughs> is a place where you one can feast is a cruelty buffet, one could argue. And so we do not want to be here. And that is a pledge of allegiance. That's dope. Oh my that's gosh, that's an incredible dope. stance to stand Word. on. Where I'm like, whoa, I actually now I want to contribute to the capitalism that makes you a tremendous freaking company because yeah. I rock with that. And even before that, and I know some other beauty companies as well have vowed to stop retouching images as well, things of that nature. So there is movement, but I mean, we have centuries of undoing (laughs) to make an attempt at. It's fair. It's fair. You know, and so if it's that challenging on an individual level, well, bitch... It's not going to happen until like our great, 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 great grandkids pass away. Yeah. And that's if Mother Nature. I agree. Hasn't kicked us out Mm -hmm. so she can reset the beauty standards. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I agree. Okay. Yeah. So I'll pivot off that. Do you think you're beautiful? Yeah. Why? I think so too. I do concur. Thank you. I think you're beautiful too. Thank you. Uh, I do beautiful things. I have beautiful thoughts. Mm. I make other people feel beautiful. Mm. Yeah. So I love that you took it on an energetic level. Was it always like that, or did you shift? Um, I think no. I think I learned about the physical stuff late, um, but I didn't even really give it that much thought. I'm like, all right. Like, I didn't really take it that seriously. Um, really? No. What never, the hell? Never, wow. Never, I would have no. never thought that from my Mm-mm. first impression of you in college. I Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> not that I thought that you was just like seeped in vanity. It's not that. But you physically appeared so beautiful where I was like, okay, maybe this is something that's a priority for this person. Oh, thank you. I like beautiful things. Yeah. So if I could be... If, if I could put them on me, I would do that. Mm-hmm. So maybe that contributed to that process. But it never really mattered to me because I also feel like when I was I was brought up in the structure that I was brought up in, mm-hmm. I actually didn't feel like being the pretty girl was actually something I actually had access to. So I never even really yearned for it like mm. that. I never thought that I never thought that that was my role. I always yeah. like was like, I'm the funny one. I'm the smart one. I'm the talented one. I'm the creative one. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. So I had so many other hats that I loved. I connect with that. Right. And, and it wasn't even important to yeah. me. So when people were also like, you know, you're pretty, too. And you're kind of sexy. I was like, okay, sure. Right. But it was Uh never anything that I like. I never gave it that much intention. But when I actually started seeing myself as a beautiful person was when I started like making art. And I'm like, oh, this is beautiful. And it came from me. That means something. Yeah. I make other people feel beautiful. I'll do like a video concept and I love it. The greatest compliment is like, if I do a video concept and the girls that I'm dancing with, they're like, I feel so pretty. I love this. Mm -hmm. I love that feeling. I'm like, okay, great. Something that came from like, Whatever, someplace inside of me, I put it out there and it's actually making you feel beautiful too. Mm-hmm. So that's a fun thing. Um, I think once I started actually getting into a place where like when the things that I produce and the effect that I have on people and the word beauty just keeps getting thrown into that conversation, mm-hmm. that's when I really started seeing myself as a beautiful person. Mm-hmm. But that's been like my relationship with it. But I, I, I feel like the physical thing is like contingent on a lot. Mm. <laughs> you know. Okay, like, but what's your favorite physical part? Come on, Bert. We know that you're a spiritual person. That was really something you're else. <laughs> I deeply appreciated that. But just as much as we this can do a girl. deep dive, bitch, sometimes we got to tan up on the surface, okay? Sometimes we just got to kick back on the sand. I love this girl. So now that our feet... <laughs> that was lovely, girl. That was deep. I felt it in my soul. <laughs> if you were a narcissist, <laughs> what would you say is your oh, okay. favorite part? And it's uncomfortable for me to speak to you about as well, but... <laughs> I want to be comfortable with it because I don't know what my next life is going to be. All right. True that. If I'm a freaking snail, I'm going to be like, shit, remember those titties you had? <laughs> them shits was, was a sitting. Woman. Yeah, them shits was sitting. <laughs> they were sitting. And they now all sitting. we got <laughs> is what? <laughs> I like my shape. Mm-hmm. I love my shape. No matter what size I am, I always am happy with my shape. Mm-hmm. Um, whether I'm small or when I'm big, I'm like, I still love my proportions. So I'm very happy with my body. I've always been happy with my body. Mm-hmm. Um, if that I, shape changed, though. Oh, God. 
It would hurt. I ain't gonna hold y'all. Yeah. It would hurt. I would literally be that grandma that's like, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. I have so much evidence. You want to talk to me crazy? <laughs> Do you know how bad I used to be? <laughs> Just hold it on Zoom. To the back. Zoom. <laughs> no I photo. used to be able to do a split too. <laughs> but you know what too? I mean, shit. You can tell that I love this is us so much, but it also reminds me of the episode where, um, oh my gosh, what's the mom called again? Rebecca. Rebecca. Yeah. I knew he would have it. Okay, but remember that episode where Rebecca she met a woman and they both realized that they had stopped taking photos of themselves because they got older mm. and they felt kind of like. Their beauty, which they created with youth, had just like drained out. So mm. there was no point in taking mm. photos. And then they started taking photos again. And I was like, yes, that's because beautiful. that's I think they had that aha moment that they were allowing past beauty standards or beauty standards that didn't require their consent <laughs> to dictate their life. Mm -hmm. When it's like, no, you still have so much wisdom. Yeah. You still have so much style. And also... When you think about marriage long term, like if you marry simply for beauty, oh my gosh, like physical beauty. Oh shit. One, that's going to be a really expensive <laughs> marriage when it comes to the maintenance. Um, and two, it's like, I always felt like I look at Carl and sometimes I imagine him without his beard. <laughs> sometimes I imagine if one day Carl wakes mm. up and he's like, you know what? I think I want to wax the top of my head. And I'm like, are you still going to want to go down on him, Tracy? You will. <laughs> you will. And but, I have to say yes. Of course. But our, our attraction to men is different from their attraction to us. I feel like a woman's beauty plays way more into a male's mm. attraction to a woman than it does for a woman to a man. Yeah, yeah sure. Be attractive. Of yeah. Course. Yeah. Not to say that I'm not attracted to attractive men because, you know, attractive men are beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I think my partner is very handsome. Mm -hmm. But a lot plays into a male's sex appeal. Yes, that's that very has, true. Uh, unfortunately, not a lot to do with appearance. Always, always. Yeah. But I think that's also another sign that there's progress mm -hmm. because I'm noticing men find interest, attraction in qualities beyond beauty. I agree. And I love women. that. I yeah. love that too. And, I, and, I, and that also speaks to a certain caliber and quality of a man who we love and appreciate and applaud. And we thank you guys. <laughs> Please don't go. <laughs> Stick around. Very you. much so. We but uh, when we were talking about This Is Us with Rebecca, it also brought me to um, Nia Long because she had a quote. Uh, Nia Long. Let me just say those two words real quick. Nia Long. <laughs> and we know she's had um, such a damn successful career in Hollywood more than two decades. Um, and I bring her up now not to talk about her profession, but because when she did an interview with people, she was sharing how all of us, we give her very well-intentioned praise when we call her ageless, but sometimes the word ageless implicitly feeds into these unrealistic beauty standards. She's mm -hmm. 51 years old. Mm. And so let me quote her. She said, I so appreciate the compliment, but I have to tell you, there's so much pressure in this industry to stay beautiful and to stay young. And I'm really not interested in leaning into this idea of perfection. I am eventually going to age in a way where it's obvious and I want it to happen beautifully and gracefully. I don't really want the pressure of feeling like I have to be beautiful and perfect because I think beauty comes at any age, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought that was so important for her to say because now what I'm finding is... Okay, great. Kudos to us humans. We finally are accepting of the fact that women age. But now the caveat is we want women to look a certain way while they age. No. Uh, and I'm just like, dang, like, I think I may have mentioned this on an episode or maybe I just mentioned this to you in conversation, Berg. But uh, last summer at a recent wedding I went to and there was a young girl who I love so much. She's mad cute. This is one of Carl's um, <laughs> cousins that got married. So she's over on his side. When I told her I was 35, she was like, 35? You don't look 35. You look 23. And I was like, no, no, no. I don't want you to think that I look 23. Mm. <laughs> I want you to know this is what a 35-year-old looks like. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And maybe things are changing. We're eating differently. You know, um, we have different standards. A lot of us, when it comes to our food, we mm -hmm. want to know about all, all of these things like contribute to health, which you, my little tot, think is reserved just for 20-something-year-olds. Mm. <laughs> but at the same time, like... I don't want to continue like chasing my 20s while I'm in my 50s. That sounds like I'm really 
creating a prison for myself, not only building the prison, but then like opening the door and living in the prison. It too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I just something that I think about often, especially with how much we glorify JLo. And we've spoken about this, you know, with the aging sex symbol <laughs> and the pressures around that. Yeah. And so looking at how a lot of our icons, they are without realizing or not. And again, shout out to Nia Long for um, taking the mic and saying what she said. They're also influencing mm-hmm. our beauty standards. Um beyond this like gap this prime time yeah you know we we've all known that it's hardest at 20s um in 30s then and 40s whatever um bracket of time the way society is just like bippity boppity boop i want you to look like this dear woman and that it always felt like 50s and over you're in the clear because guess what society don't care about you Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) but because you have women who still want to work you know what i mean um, and who are in such positions of power as well. Uh, I look at Hillary Clinton and all of the negative campaigns around her and her appearance yeah. as well. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm just like, dang. Like, I almost wonder, like, if Trump's wife ran for president, if she would have gotten, like, a better show of support just off of appearance alone. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I don't want there to also be any pressure as we get older. Because mm-hmm. it's crazy, Berg. Like, One thing that I've been trying to make peace with, I don't know if this happened to you. This might be TMI. This might just be regular, but it bugged me out when I found a gray hair in my pubes, bro. (laughs) I get that. (laughs) What what really freaks me out about that is not the aging thing. No one helped me, prepared me with that. (laughs) I didn't know. I thought it was just going to be up here. I didn't know it was down there too. That would freak me out. Because I, I think I think also to the equation that people have with um gray hairs is stress. Mm. I'm like, pussy, what you trying to say? <laughs> Come on, now, girl, what you trying to say? I thought we was taking good care of you. <laughs> I understand my what, mental state, you but not to... you. <laughs> what keeps you hydrated? <laughs> what is really keep you in the best of company? Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's <some> company. <laughs> I'm dying. But she's like, girl, I'm tired too. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How about when you go up in your 30s, I do too. Word. Like, I don't stay young forever, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but we love you nonetheless. We do. We appreciate yeah. you. You mentioned something, Girdly, when it came to social media and now, oh yes, this pressure of loving yourself. Yeah, and it made me think, to go to another show, Euphoria, I hope everyone listening has watched Euphoria. If you haven't, I'll give you a little synopsis on this scene featuring this young girl named Kat, who is expertly played by Barbie Ferreira. I believe that's how you pronounce her last name. And so during this scene, Kat had two major realizations. The first one, she is trying her best and also her worst at trying to explain her discontent with her boyfriend, Mm -hmm. right? In this episode, the scene. But the hook is she's dissatisfied in her relationship because she's dissatisfied with herself. Mm -hmm. So that's realization number one. Realization number two from this scene is at the heart of it all is this inability to express her true feelings her Mm -hmm. frustration her disdain with self aloud and it's like complete shadowy raw take me as i am rock bottom glory she can't express it out loud to herself she can't express it to others and then i just remember rue um narrating this scene by saying at some point recently the whole world joined a self-help cult and won't shut the fuck up about it and then there's this (laughs) montage of all of these like scantily clad women who are behind cat and they're just screaming love yourself love yourself (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like oh my goodness she's like no they're like slay girl no (laughs) and i'm like so good toxic positivity like oh my gosh laid out on the screen and yeah there's i guess good intention around that but a couple things one a step before love is like (laughs) and sometimes before like Like is is just respect that's it 
And sometimes before respect is just neutral. That's it. Neutrality. Right. So like, I don't even think that we need to be pushing women to love yourselves. Like Too much. this might sound, you know, <laughs> counterculture. And, and I guess it is. But I don't think you have to love your body. I think you could just be neutral. Yeah. And I think if you'd like when feeling neutral, feel safe, then you can play with going up a level. Right. And noticing what you like. And sometimes noticing what you like can be through your eyesight or it can th be through feeling. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And then continuing to develop a relationship with maybe it's based on function of what your body can actually provide for you. Yeah. You know how your body is a true ride or die. And it's just like, oh, what decisions do you want to make? All right, cool. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. Wee. Mm -hmm. You know, but I don't think we should require folks to love their body right or their face and i think it's really important for us to learn to sit with emotions yeah and look at all of them as teachers we are allowed to sit at the feet of and receive information absolutely about how we feel yeah yeah um because what's worse than feeling a certain way and at least this is in my experience is feeling rushed to now leave that feeling yeah i love that i love the way you put that and i totally agree i think that something that plays into this whole notion of like okay well self-love has to look like this is because we're we're getting out of this place where we're more than aware of like the health risks and like literally like the malignant manifestations of self-hate mm -hmm. right hating anything about yourself is just not healthy. Yeah. It's bad right. for your inside. And I'm glad you said that because I never said hate. <laughs> right. Right. And, and that's neutral. The thing. Exactly. It's mm -hmm. like we know that self-hate is toxic, mm -hmm. literally, for you and everybody around you. Mm -hmm. um, so they're like, well, there's, there's a thin line between love and hate. So if we're not going to self-hate, self-love. Right. We always have to and, go to the next extreme. And, and, it's, and it's like, no, 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 no. This is a spectrum, my yes. friend. There's so many other places in between yes. self-hate to self-love. And the most important place that I feel like anybody has to get to is just to the point where you respect yourself enough to show up for yourself, mm. which speaks to the point about sitting with yourself. Mm -hmm. Because once you're able to do that, then you learn how to work with oh yourself. My, yes, integrity exactly. is the base. Because when you try to skip these foundational steps in our that's how you trip. Exactly. <laughs> and I feel like the more that you learn with yourself, one, that's also how you become beautiful because you just learn how to work with yourself. Yeah. That's also yeah. where other people's perceptions of you being beautiful mm -hmm. start to come in. And it's like, well, I didn't think I was just beautiful. I was just working with what I got. Yes. You know, and I happen to and I've and I've happened to work at it for so long that I've learned how to do it well. Yes. Right? Even if you don't physically meet that exactly. standard. Exactly. People people are responding yes. to something well done. Yes, because <laughs> look at me hitting the mic. That's how intensified I feel about this. Yes. Um, you're so on point, Berg. Um, and that's what plays into why I feel like beauty is whatever our senses latch onto. Right, right. 100%. Because even if I don't initially see it through my eyesight, right. I'm like, there's a vibe that's different here. Right, because everybody responds to something that is well cared for. Mm. Because everybody responds to love mm -hmm. and we love love and mm -hmm. we love the sentiment of love. And anytime something is well cared for, we know that love was incorporated in that process. Mm -hmm. And anytime you show up with yourself, whether you love yourself or not, you are participating in a practice of self-love yeah. that maybe not, you maybe not necessarily to fully embody that definition, but being able to work with yourself long enough is a practice of self-love that can eventually lead toward that. If that is what you're aspiring to do, mm -hmm, which is mm -hmm, also mm -hmm. why I think that like, we are not in this place to say that if anybody is like, using filters or using makeup or getting surgery or yeah. wearing the shapewear yeah. that they don't have self-love. I'm yeah. like, that's somebody working with themselves. That's somebody working with themselves, sitting with themselves, analyzing themselves, deciding, you know what, this is a tool that I'm using so that I'm not self-abandoning. Right. <laughs> like, I want to at least begin forging a relationship, relationship. with myself. Exactly. Uh -huh. And that's not going to happen right. if you literally hate yourself and you're not working with that version of yourself. Like, mm. let people gather the tools. Yeah. Like, if you are happen to be raised and lived in a body your entire life where everything about you you love, yeah. that's what's up. And bless you. Yeah. But let people use whatever tools that they need so that they can get there if that's where they aspire to mm. be. So then can we use overuse a tool? Because you mentioned like filters, right? Yeah. And 
It's interesting to me. Sometimes I'll see someone put a photo on their actual like feed. And then I realized it was a filter. Like there was this one filter that had everyone looking like <laughs> in a chokehold. Nigga, what? <laughs> and I remember the first time I saw someone and they put it on their feed. And I was like, oh my gosh, I put like an infinity worth of exclamation points. <laughs> All the emojis. Yeah. And then, and then Instagram gave it to me as a suggestion in my stories. And I was like, oh, let me try. And also I very rarely shout out an Instagram feature, but I must say this level of transparency just hit me now. The fact that no matter where you use a filter on that app, it says it transparently and it says, try it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I actually really appreciate that. Me too. And yes, I understand the go-to criticism with a filter. And I also understand how it can make your, you know, um, non-digital self appear foreign to your very own eyes, but it also has come in handy. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. It's a tool. Sometimes I'm like, yo, I want to do a bit of quick public speaking on this app. I look disheveled as hell. I'm going to choose not to do my hair. (laughs) So this filter is going to hook me up with my face lightly. That's it. It's a tool. (laughs) It's not like you're taking that. And there are some people who are literally going to get cosmic surgery and they say, make me look like this picture. And that's when we're coming into a problem. I know I don't look like that filter. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Right. But I'm not ready to post the picture. But it's fine. <laughs> we also love Halloween. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and not every single last one of my pictures look like this. But yeah. this one's going to look like this. Okay? <laughs> Thank All you right. very much. And if you keep following me, you'll see the 20 million other faces exactly. I got. Exactly. Enjoy. Exactly. Exactly. It's a tool. It's a tool that you're working with for that moment and for that day. And I, yeah. and I think we really got to get out of this space where it's like, well, if you do that, you don't love yourself. That's mm. not self-love. That's not your authentic you. Yeah. And it's always been a tool. Yeah. Our technology has just been upgraded. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? When you're thinking about um Egyptians, even when you're thinking about the way white men of the past, 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 past wanted to be um painted or drawn in a particular mm-hmm. way. You know what I mean? Thinking about Rose, you know, I want you to paint wearing this only that like all the choices we make in our appearance, whether it's a choice to wear a hat. A hat to me is very similar to wearing lashes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Any type of choice we are making to enhance is changing our factory settings Mm -hmm. and again to me that is the privilege of being human Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know a red rose does not get to wake up and say oh i'm in the mood to be a pink rose Mm. it is always red Mm -hmm. but girly if she wants to be a red lip bandit on a thursday she can and if she wants to be in the nude tomorrow she can if she wants to do purple she can etc 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 you can give a, a whole kaleidoscope of um ranges and just for me it's just how do i feel in this moment where i'm just sitting in comfort i'm in awe of myself and i agree i love this i wonder with it being a tool yeah it's beauty can mm-hmm. really awesomely be a tool of self-reflection right mm. um, and a practice of self-reflection because you have to sit with yourself long enough to even decide how you feel to decide what you want to wear today okay um so <laughs> <laughs> yeah true Ding-ding. Right. right so that's fun mm-hmm. um <laughs> And I love that. I love that about beauty and fashion and expression in general. Me too. Um, <laughs> you know me, I'm an FIT dropout. <laughs> and not because I stopped loving beauty. Right. <laughs> Only because I want to put my wrist underneath them sewing machines. It was too much, but that's another story. <laughs> but yeah, I guess what happens when that's not how we're navigating beauty, um, when it's not actually indicative of how you feel or how you want to express yourself that day, when it's just what you think looks good mm. what you're told looks good yeah so again <laughs> a tool is only little it's literally just that it's really always about the intention of the person yeah because um, a tool is a suggestion it is yeah it is. that's it and sometimes like one the tools expire the tools get rusty yeah <laughs> Sometimes you misplace the tools and then what are you going to do? <laughs> you know what I mean? If one day you go on Instagram and there's a glitch and all of the filters are gone, but you still told all of your community that you were going to jump on live. You know what I mean? Right. Right. <laughs> are you still going to be able to do it? Yeah. Yeah. Without without that type of dependency. But you were asked me before, Burger, you were holding me to this. Yes. Um, On what I think about my current appearance, what's my favorite mm-hmm. aspect of myself. So I think I'm a pretty cool girl. (laughs) (laughs) My aesthetic in general that I reach for is like half 
well, these are not in halves. You're probably in thirds, but some femininity. I like to look feminine, dangerous, and cartoonish. <laughs> That's so fun. Time. That's so fun. <laughs> those that. are my those are my those are my my main ingredients. That is so fun. <laughs> and and like you for the most part I never although I do have fun with my appearance. I'm an all or nothing type of gal, although now I'm playing with like clean makeup look a bit, but it really has to do with how I feel. Yeah. And if I feel energized, if I feel like I chose the clothing that matched my mood, right. you know what I mean? Not a clothing that I felt like wanted to create a mood mm, for others, mm-hmm. then that's going to influence everything. So I can feel beautiful in a room full of heels and I'm the only one rocking some Jordans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if those Jordans that's was... That's a bad bitch right there. <laughs> that's a bad bitch. Not me. I'd be like, why didn't anybody tell me to wear heels? <laughs> I hate missing out on a heel moment. Uh, the There's some stipulations, of course. I'm not going to say I just that. hate missing a heel moment. Oh, yeah, that's you. That is definitely you. And I hate missing a sneaker moment. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that is our balance. But I will say, transparently, this is the heaviest I've physically ever been in my life. Mm. I am, I'm 180 pounds now. My heaviest was, that's still my heaviest. Well, that's my second heaviest. You're carrying it, 185. you it. And I got to say, I am proud of myself. I felt both like shook and impressed when I stepped on the scale and yeah. I saw 185 because I was like, oh, my gosh, like beautiful body. Like, look at how you are able to contain all of my decision making and make room <laughs> for the decisions I regret. Mm. <laughs> In terms of like consumption and, you know, this is, of course, over this pandemic, but it was really crazy. Just I don't know. I felt very cared for by my body. But then there was a part of me that also felt very (sighs) neglected by my body, rejected by my body. Mm. Like you should have told us that we were making a wrong turn. Or you should have held on a bit tighter. But all in all, I was like, you know what? This is a moment, Tracy, for you to really put your quote unquote self-love on stage and see if everything you've been practicing, been rehearsing, (laughs) can really stand up to um, curtain call. To opening night. So that's been an adjustment only because sometimes if I've caught like a glimpse of myself in like a photo or something, I don't look like the way I've been known to look at myself. You know what I mean? It'll be like, wait, that looks like a different person. And then I'm like, listen, it's okay because you also feel like a different person. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You dress like a different person a lot. Uh, You've been with different people. So it's fine if this physical container called your body also looks different. Right. You know, and just practicing like that level of grace. And now when I work out, definitely the emphasis is on energy. You know, I'm someone where one of my affirmations tell myself is energy first, ass second, because energy, you're able to receive that immediately. You know what I mean? And ass takes a little bit of time Mm -hmm. to pull up, (laughs) but it feels good to see all the capabilities of my body. Okay. That's where I'm at. This level of fascination and what's making it easier of carrying this weight is just adjusting to it. Yeah. Not resisting, not fighting. When I was at Aritzia a couple Mm -hmm. days ago Mm -hmm. and there were a pair of jeans that I got and I got them like in my regular size and they weren't fitting right. And I almost started crying Mm. in the fitting room. I was like, oh, my gosh. And I remember the girl came and she was like, hey, is everything okay? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, get out. And she, and she, and she was like, well, why don't you buy them? Because it will motivate you on your journey. And I thought about it and I said, no. Yeah. Do you have a size 12? Good for you. Good for you. And she was like, we'd have to order it. And I was like, yeah, I want to order it because I do love these pants and I want to love them right now. Right on now. Me. Yeah. I don't want them to be a destination, you know, a reward where, my body is only worthy of my care, of my affection, of my affirmation if it's in a certain state. Yeah. And so that's what I mean by my adjustments. Like, okay, we're a little bit heavier or when we're a little bit smaller, the clothes just has to match this period, that's this it. season. That's it. It just has to look like you worked with yourself, you mm-hmm. accepted where you're at, and mm-hmm. you found the best way to robe it. And that's that. So your favorite part of your body is your body? Oh, I love 
love that. My favorite part of my body is my body. But in second place is my breast. I was about to say, talk about the titties. When are we going to get there? We're there. Oh, man. I love them so much. I've always loved them. And what's crazy is I love them even more because they have a scar. Not because I went to the doctor and I laid on a bed and I said, give it to me. No, but because... I was in a rush. I told you this, Girdley. I, I was in a rush too. and I took a freaking steamer and I decided to steam my clothes while it was it on too. my body. I did it too. So I literally have a burn <laughs> mark, but I love it because it's really giving like this left titty is giving me femininity and danger. Oh my, I love it so much. But also, I had always said that I do not trust women without any scars on their bodies. That's true. You never worked a day in your life. I'm going to say that my heroes got to have flaws that I can see or else I'm just like, huh? So that's where I'm at with it. It definitely is on my breast, but I like how you gave it to me with my favorite part of my body. If this podcast has been a treat for you, please let us know. We're on IG at Glow in the Dark. That's G-L-O. But really, I want you to consider following or subscribing to the pod on your favorite app, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Yes, YouTube. That way you can get notifications whenever a new episode is born, which also helps us nurture the show. And if that feels right, go ahead with your generous self and leave us a rating and review. These are the love languages of podcasters, my friends. Friend. I'm just saying. And to end off on love, please know in this ever stimulating, digital crazed modern world, your presence is ridiculously valued by us. This podcast is a light in our life and we hope it shines the same for you. Till next time.